0: hi listeners welcome back to hto football you're with your co-host as ever tom whitford and i'm joined Again, as ever, by Partnering Crime, Andrew Timbrell. Andrew, are you well? Yeah, very,
1: very well. Looking forward to this one as ever. Um, yeah, can't wait. I've, 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 I will uh, be honest; I've not had enough time today to put on my favourite shirt. But
0: yeah, I mean, we, we are being shown up by our guests today, but we'll we'll leave that to be revealed towards the end of the pod, maybe. And we, maybe we could have to get people guess what, what shirt that he's wearing. But um, do you want to do the honors?
1: Yeah. So we're we're, done, we're joined by co-founder of classic football shirts, Dougie Beerton. Dougie, welcome to the pod. Are you well?
0: Yeah, very good. Thanks. How are you guys?
1: Yeah, good. Excellent. Pleasure yeah, to very happen.
0: well. Very well. Getting used to the many games being postponed, which is sort of putting a curveball on the season, curveball on my fantasy football, which is obviously going terribly anyway. So it wouldn't matter that it's, um, you know, putting a curveball on that. But no, nonetheless, really looking forward to today's chat. Um, it reminds me of
2: like when, you know, you play champ manager and, um, the players are out injured. You, you know when you haven't got enough players for the position, it generates those grey players. Yeah. Um, yeah. My
0: like Aston Villa's team tonight is just a team of grey players. Yeah. yeah. Championship manager was awful for that. Oh, someone has slipped over in the shower or, or slipped over on the way home from training. They're out for three weeks. I'm like, no, they didn't. What are you doing yeah. to me? I haven't got any funds to go and get anyone else. It's, it's this. a bit...
1: It's a bit like um, sometimes the, the top sides they will say, "Oh, we they're playing their second string," whereas the new phrase is, "We're playing our COVID string." Oh. Yeah. <laughs> but no, obviously, like, pleasure to have you on, um, Dougie. I mean, obviously, so much happening at the moment at CFS. But if we can just go back, what sort of 15, 16 years now, um, to yeah. its to its inception, was there? Were um, you and your you and your uni mate right in Manchester? Was there a was there a sort of Del Boy and Rodney moment?
2: yeah just a bit seems like a lifetime ago now you can't believe how far it's all come we never thought back in 2006 that we'd that we'd ever reach the the size that we are now I think our ambition back then was surely we can sell 10 football shirts a day like that was the target um we kind of both were obviously very passionate about football and um I was looking for shirts to wear for you know, when you're at uni, you want to turn up for five a side or just to the pub wearing something that's going to turn people's heads. And I wanted to be Paul Gascoigne for a, a fancy dress party. Um, so kind of hunting around on eBay and charity shops and found one in a, in a charity shop in Willington and wore it for a fancy dress party. And, uh, yeah, I was like, actually... Surely a market for this. You surely shouldn't have to be rooting around in charity shops and and, and things like that in order to get your hands on this type of thing. Um, so I had a chat with Matt. It was he was a he, he's a bit of a dollboy character. He's a you know he's a, a, a bit a businessman. Um, and we just thought, yeah, we'll, we'll take a punt on it. What have we got to lose? Um, like just coming to the end of our uh, degree, uh, it's either. I don't know if you've been there you know those graduate kind of jobs how how big those application forms are they're so daunting Absolutely. they're just like I'm never going to I'm never going to fill in like a 10 page questionnaire and all that uh, I'm never going to bother with that so Plus, yeah, you've got the just... opportunity
0: you've got the opportunity there your students for three years basically spent like you said going to fancy dress parties probably Drinking too much, staying up too late, and having a good time. Suddenly, it dawns on you. You get to the end of university, and you go, "Well, this sounds a bit too much like real work's waiting for me." So, I better go and sell some football shirts to keep the dream going. (laughs) Well,
2: that was it. It was like, well, what you need, you know, you need a student house anyway, uh, which that that's your premises. You know, you can, you can, you don't need to to pay any more money. So, what have we got to lose? We just thought, if it doesn't work, we'll give it a year. then go, try and go and get a real job but the first few months were bleak i mean i think we went about 10 days without selling a shirt um, at the beginning uh just lived off right then we, we lived off eggs and it sounds a bit sounds a bit bourgeois but we lived off of pesto which sounds like so it sounds a bit classy but I can't. I've never been able to eat green pesto since because
0: classic green pesto and pasta is, is a is yeah. university staple. Oh, so, so, yeah. so, like, just in terms of like the model, did you literally um, go trawling charity shops or looking around just to find those three or four pound retro shirts, and then obviously just try and sell them at a bit of a profit? You know, was that yeah, literally it, the model? Yeah, as
2: simple as that. Yeah, yeah. Um Like, it, you know, back then people didn't even have kind of camera phones, so eBay was a real kind of minefield of you know the listings which didn't you know, have photographs. You know, no one really knew what they were doing on there. We didn't know what we were doing on there either. But our, our basic premise was uh, we we think that if you if you put together the, the classic shirts are deserving of a of a of a platform for people to buy them um, like from a professional nice service that kind of serves them up. And and um, in the way that is befitting of the history and um, Mm. and everything like that. Um, So we were like, if we can, if if we'd be interested to buy it, I'm sure that someone else, you know, these these, there are people out there who would as well. Mm. Um, And we we took it slowly. I think when we launched the website, we had about 200 shirts, which felt like a lot back then, but now it. Is just kind of a drop in the ocean. But our mates thought we were crazy. We we had these rails of football shirts in our bedrooms. And we are just like, yeah, I'm going to go and get a real job. Like, yeah, good luck to you guys. Mm. And now they get in touch every Christmas and like, Doug, can I have a shirt? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> can I have a, <laughs> a discount, please? For a i it's funny
1: as well, isn't it? Because I suppose you founded in 2006. And obviously it's a decade after such a, like the 90s, football was just such a decade littered with, iconic moments and kits and players, wasn't it? And maybe it felt like a bit of a sort of perfect timing in a way to kind of set something like that up.
2: Yeah, I think because kind of when we were setting up, there was, um, you know, there was, I don't know if you've heard of Toffs. You know, you, you could get like a, reprodu- a cotton reproduction, like George Best, Pele type of thing. But though that wasn't really like our era, You know, Mm -hmm. we'd grown up with Football Italia with Roberto Baggio and Cantona and and that type of thing. And it was like there wasn't we want those shirts from that era Mm -hmm. and there wasn't anything around for it. So yeah, I think it was about the right time. Like the nineties had kind of was six years ago, which sounds crazy now. Uh, but yeah, the enough kind of time had passed so that they were classic ish mm. um, but that's the that's the remarkable thing about time like when we first started the business last season's arsenal shirt was the last season at highbury mm-hmm. shirt which is obviously this real iconic you know burkamp's last season last season at highbury that was just last season's Arsenal shirt. Now that's a 16-year-old piece of history. Yeah, um, yeah, Burgundy,
1: it's remarkable Burgundy what time colours, does
0: obviously. Yeah, different colours and that sort of thing. Yeah. To
1: to two both big Arsenal fans ourselves, Dougie, and like you know, it just saying that now it makes us think. Wow, we've been at the Emirates for that long, you know. Um, yeah
2: yeah it's, it's crazy, real yeah. eras like and it, it's interesting when you kind of turn a decade it like draws these like invisible lines of history and and like these cut off points with with shirts mm. um
0: what, what yeah. was the step change what was the moment that you know you guys thought well we're onto something here because like you say you're going around charity shops buying small little numbers of quantities selling it as and when you can on ebay or to word of mouth i imagine what was the first big you know actually this is something. Um,
2: we had we had a few like kind of big game changing shirts at the beginning. Um, one was we managed, we got like a, a Brian Kidd match worn shirt from 1972. We didn't have you know necessarily. We had to do a lot of research in the end to kind of figure out that's what it was. We were umming and ahring whether it was a reproduction for a long time. Um, we we sold that for about eight hundred quid, and I still remember. having the 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 guy came around to Matt's student house and paid him the cash, and I still remember having that money in my hands and and like looking over my shoulder as I walked out, thinking, God, like that is a that's a lot of money. And this time you, next
1: year, Rodney. <laughs> yeah,
2: and like it, that's football shirts have done that eight hundred pounds. that's like the most money I've ever had, like cash. Never seen you know twenty pound you know, in a, in a birthday card is probably about the most I'd see. <laughs> um, yeah, that was a big one. We also had a, a, Joe Royals shirt from the 1976 league cup final for Man City. Um, and yeah, we, we sold that for over a thousand pound. And again, just those moments when you, you have created a website that someone is willing to spend, to put their credit card details in and, and, pay that amount to Mm. um felt like a real achievement Mm. um yeah those those are two things in the early days but when you look back it was it it really did take a few years to kind of get up and running it wasn't really until we did that big ac milan deal um in kind of 2009 2010 that we really had Mm. to kind of
0: how did that come um, about
2: how did that come about? It's a good story. Um, so we we we, uh, we moved out of kind of the student houses now. After a couple of years, we moved into um, an office in the middle of town, uh, in the middle of, uh, city centre in Manchester, which sounds fancy, but it wasn't. It was there were it was like the re- recession had just happened. There were loads of empty buildings, renovation kind of postponed, that type of thing. So we got this dirty office. Um, which was amusing in and of itself because we were kind of next door to some solicitors and these real companies and we would just add these rails of football shirts in a, in, in, a, in our office instead. So he'd pass them on the stairs and they'd be like, yeah, what are you guys doing here? Uh, anyway, this, um, this guy from Italy uh, came over to Manchester with a specific aim of working for classic football shirts. Um, and we didn't have you yeah, we didn't have a job going at the time. We were just like, yeah, it's, it's a, we're only kind of a three-man band at this stage, like right? just me and Matt and someone sending the shirts out. Like we haven't really got a, a job. Hmm. So he, he just kept coming around and um, he was looking at shirts, talking about shirts. I like, just couldn't really get rid of him. Like, right. if you're going to keep coming around every day, you maybe you can do us a favor and just call up some uh, some clubs and shops and things in Italy and see if you can source us some shirts from over there. Uh, so he did, and a, kind of a, a couple of months later, he's like, "I've got AC Milan on the phone, and they've apparently got like a warehouse full of kit going back 20 years." We're um, like, "Well, you surely exaggerating, like." you know yeah they he, might have he's, got, some, he's, he's
1: got the name of the
0: club yeah. wrong or something <laughs> <laughs> or they've got well, like not, fifty yeah. 40 shirts out back or something like that you know that kind of thing
1: AC, AC Milano <laughs> yeah
0: <laughs> but like,
2: well they, they probably have got some kit going back but yeah they might have like one or two shirts from the 90s and then it's mm. really just yeah whatever anyway he kind of arranged for us to go over and have a look at it look at it which was a which was a big trip. I don't think we'd had a business trip at this stage. So to kind of go abroad and meet AC Milan, and it felt like, Game what wrong. the hell are we? Yeah, what are we doing here? We don't belong to be doing this. Um, anyway, then they kind of opened the doors, flung them open. The light shone in, and it was just boxes after box after box after box of of, of this kit. And we we're just opening them up, and like that's the two thousand four, two thousand five home shirt with Pirlo on the back. No, another box, right? There's some shorts here from 2006 with like David Beckham's number on. Another box, is some Maldini shirts from... Like it just went on and on and on. So, we did that deal with them and that made us... The office was too small. You know, we, we was no way we we're going to get three lorry loads of stuff delivered into the city centre of Manchester and handballed up the stairs of this office. It was just never going to happen. So we found a warehouse and uh, moved there. And really, from that that kind of things became more professional. I guess slowly but surely, from that time on, we started having to buy things like I don't know racking. Uh, just to put things on, you know, rather than just like some cardboard boxes in, in the floor in a, in a storage room. Um, and yeah, over the course of kind of the next decade, things just slowly but surely grew. We started dealing with all, all the clubs around the world, all the brands, buying kind of last season's shirts or any other shirts we could kind of get our hands on. Because mm. kind of in the early days, we kind of got some a lot of the feedback was like, love what you're doing, but the prices are quite high. And, you know, for the kind of one-off pieces, it is difficult for us to replenish that stock. So we need to make, you know, we need to make a sufficient profit on it. The prices just end up being quite high. And we're like, yeah, we need to have something that people can come to the website and, you know, pick up for a 10 or 15 quid, that sort of thing. So we kind of focused a lot on this clearance section. Um, and, yeah, that's. I mean, it's still kind of something that drives us today is to make sure there's all, you can get your hands on weird and wonderful uh, shirts from around the world for under 20 quid. Um, and, yeah, that's, so we grew. When we moved to the, that warehouse, we probably had six or seven people working for us. Mm. When we left this summer, um, there's now 80 people working at the warehouse. Wow. So it's been, yeah, an incredible... Um, Incredible growth, but a lot of it's kind of been concentrated in the last few years. Really, mm. uh, kind of the kit, kit culture and community has really exploded in the last couple of years. Kind of since like the 2018 World Cup. Really,
1: can you put that down to something, Doggy?
2: Um, I think the, I think the the brands looked at uh, maybe focused a lot more on the design. It kind of went back to uh, like retro-inspired stuff, but also kind of things like this streetwear-inspired, you know, things that people will actually want to wear rather mm. than kind of a lot of the, uh, well, maybe being focused a bit too much on like this athletic thing, like minimal um, mm. performance mm. kind of based stuff rather than like nice Fashionable design-based um, mm. shirts, and that the turning point was really the the Nigeria shirt, uh, the, you know, for the 2018 World Cup. That was something that kind of transcended. Just it wasn't just football shirt fans and mm. Nigeria fans who were interested mm. to buy that. That just exploded, and the mainstream general public, everyone wanted a piece of it, no matter you know what your interests in football were. Yeah, yeah. Um, and it's kind of the the kick uh, scene has kind of just continued with um, on the back of that.
1: Yeah, it's like you said, um, um, just then about how it's sort of become more of a fashionable. Thing to wear just with a pair of jeans or something. I remember, like growing up, I'd wear I'd wear a kit on hold, like the full kit with a sock, going out for a meal in Mallorca somewhere, you know, like every yeah. night, or or like or going to the football match and watching and playing and wearing it then, but not really like you're saying it's the the, the, the brands have cottoned onto something, haven't they? I think you mentioned earlier about the sort of blur, um, sort of blurred lines of decades, you know, like charting history and how the end of a decade starts of a new one. And do you feel like there's been or? maybe necessarily what have been the the key changes for you over the years since probably 80s 90s through to now how have kits changed do you think in in a if you can put it in a fairly short
2: (laughs) concise way i probably wrote like fifty thousand word theses on this (laughs) um i mean it I guess it's it the dawn of football shirt time is kind of late 70s like 1978 that's the, really the first time you can buy a replica football shirt. Um, but at that time everything's pretty minimal, you know, it's a, it's a Liverpool is a red shirt with a Liver bird and an umbrella logo on it. Um, but Admiral kind of a key driver in that early stage about branding and kit design and trying to get people to buy like um, really pushing on that replica scene, but it takes a bit of time for the other brands to kind of cotton on to design focus. But then you get these kind of key shirts like the England 82 home shirt, Denmark 86 home shirt, Holland 88 home shirt, West Germany 1990. And kind of by 1990, you've got, it's a very design, graphic design has kind of really come onto the scene. And that just then explodes through, 90s you know you have the bruised banana man united acid house the premier league starts and it's all bright colors big designs eye-catching stuff name and numbers start appearing on the back of shirts um and then the, the shirts get bigger and bigger you've gone from like tight fit tiny shorts of the 80s to massive baggy you can't even see someone's knees and everyone wears a size XL. Michael Owen's got like the biggest shirt you've ever seen on. Yeah. S- sleeves are absolutely massive. Um, and, and maybe like in the early 2000s, like the the design element kind of starts to get more restrained and like maybe probably inspired a little bit by Nike or maybe trying to tone it down a bit and go for more like mass produced. like Still like good I mean, they're great when you look back on the designs, but at the time, they felt a lot more minimal than what it's for. Yeah, safe a bit one, more yeah. safe. Yeah, we mm-hmm. want to, we want to make sure that we sell like a million Man United shirts. We're not going to go risky on on the design of it. Um, and that kind, that pattern maybe continues until kind of 2010. Then you start seeing like technology come in. You have like the Adidas Tech Fit shirt. Um, Puma are doing a lot with it. Nike is starting putting like ventilation holes on things. It's all getting a bit deep, you know, with, um, it's maybe taking itself a bit too seriously. We're Mm -hmm. all like vaping it. Well, vaping it's a bit later, but you know what I mean? Like that type of, it's all about that, uh, sweat wicking technology. Um, then it kind of creeps through, um, into the middle of the 2010s and then this design theme like the the 90s kind of start to come back into fashion and people start thinking about uh you know football shirt from a fashion aesthetic point of view Mm. and uh yeah, but that's yeah, kind of, it's, it's continued. We are where we are now.
0: That's a really interesting point you just made there because I think '90s football shirts they followed '90s fashion, but probably without realising it. So you know, like you said, like lots of bright colours, oversized. Actually, that was the fashion going on in 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 the in 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 the '90s in general. You know, I look back at you know me when I was ten years old in the '90s, and I was wearing baggy, bright, whatever kids' clothes. Everything was of that ilk. But like you said, I don't think it was necessarily. Um, football trying to be a trendsetter in that respect, they were just being of their time and actually it was really sort of outlandish stuff whereas I do think there has been a change recently where football, show, they're trying to be stylish they're trying to be, not necessarily just a reflection of their time, but trying to be um, you know, fashion statements, you, you've seen a lot of throwback kits, um, Arsenal have done a couple in terms of inspired by or you know, inspired by retro design lots of football clubs re-releasing their old stock as new lines um, sometimes with a, you know, different, slightly different, the sponsors scrubbed or whatever because they don't have those agreements anymore or yeah. a different name for a supplier and that kind of thing but nonetheless it's it's, it's it really is just in in vogue as they would say when they it's just it's in fashion do you
2: think, yeah definitely
0: do you, think sorry, do you think sorry dougie do you think tv tv deals and
1: sky and stuff coming in do you think that kind of impacted things about how kits should look
2: um possibly uh i mean you've you th- some of those designs in the nineties are so wild. It's like, would the the TV probably complain that you can't pick out out (laughs) the different teams. Um, I I don't, I I don't think, I don't, I'm not sure about Sky necessarily. I mean, there's definitely some stories from the past about TV, you know, they weren't sure about sponsorship and, uh, you know, the sponsors were kind of banned on TV in the 80s. You had mm-hmm. things like the Jimmy Hill with the Coventry shirt trying to get the Talbot logo on by turning it, the shirt into a T like shape just to get around this, these crazy like restrictions. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think it, this, you know, we're, we're talking about maybe like r- right now, it's hard to necessarily we always have a gut feeling of which shirts we think are going to go on and be like the classics of, of the future. Mm. Uh, you, you know, you can, the, the shirts, they kind of leap out straight away. Um, but then there's other shirt, uh, there's other, uh, kind of elements with football shirts rather than just the design, which is what happens in it is very crucial and who mm. wears it. Mm. Um, and you might have a shirt that's pretty, pretty restrained, pretty minimal in terms of its design, but, if a, if a team wins a league in it, mm. or they have, a, I don't know, David Beckham plays in it, or there's a, that one of those moments happen, then that is going to be it's the context, a classic, isn't it? That's oh. going to be a classic shirt as well.
0: Well, I um, imagine like a Leicester City um, shirt at the beginning of that season. No one's really blinking an eye at. In ten years' time, that's going to be the shirt where this great miracle happened. Leicester went on and won the league fifteen sixteen. Do you know what I mean? It's hundred percent. It, it's... I, I don't think. Anyone to be
2: able to really tell you that the difference between 14 15, a 15 16, a 16 17 Leicester shirt if yeah. Leicester hadn't won the league in yeah. 15 16. It's as simple mm-hmm. as that, really.
1: Yeah. it's like that Blackburn shirt, isn't it? As well, it's so iconic.
2: Yeah, yeah. I mean, again, that would be a classic now because it's it is a classic because it's 26 years mm-hmm. old and it's you know, it, it the design works now, but. Would it have been a classic when we started back in 2006? Maybe mm. not, because it would have just been, well, Blackburn won. You know, they did, did, mm. didn't win the league. They finished 15th. Alan Shearer signed for Man United rather than Blackburn. Mm. These I'm things sure, never happened.
0: I'm sure you get this a lot, but are there any kits that, you know, from not necessarily from when you started the business, from when you started Classic Football Shirts, but when you were younger? Like, do you, Can you remember the shirts that first made you go, yeah, I love that, you know? Yeah, I
2: mean, I... I fell in love with football with Italian 90. I don't necessarily remember watching it live at the time, but I got bought the Highlights VHS and I just watched it over and over and over again. And the, the shirts from that, every shirt from that World Cup, everything about that World Cup, from the Chow mascot to the Olivetti flag graphics, it's all just, it is just incredible um my brother was born in 1991 I named him Gary after Gary Lineker um and yeah I mean for me there's that Germany shirt it was that flag pattern across the front it was Jürgen Klinsmann diving it was Rudy Volo getting spat at it was Lothar Matthias just banging him in from 30 yards that was the shirt that was like wow that look at that that is that is something special
1: yeah, that, that's the, the the World Cup after that is the exact same story for me in terms of like, I, I remember the 94 USA VHS that I had, watching, just watching that on repeat. And it was the first ever video that I'd, I actually owned myself. Um, it was about five at the time. And... Um, Yeah, like those that Brazil kit in the 94 World Cup, it's just so. I'm still trying to get hold of it now. It's like the Romario and Babeto with the, you know, the celebration. Like, yeah, yeah, just the, yeah, the 90s. We've spoken about the 90s a lot on this pod before, and um, what a decade really. But um, you mentioned about the baggy shirts earlier um, with Michael Owen. And I just wanted your thoughts on really, I just find it quite. This isn't to poke fun at all, really, but I just, I wonder if there's like a bit of a masculinity debate here as well, where. You know, now it's all about like you look at Adama Traore, don't you, for Wolves, um, uh, with with the grease and the oil and the, and the, the the shirt that cuts into the bicep, and Cristiano Ronaldo with the tight shorts, and I just wonder if um, is there is there something in that as is, 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 you know, has masculinity changed? Probably, well, it probably has, hasn't it? But like from the from sort of t- twenty years ago, where it was pretty much you, your physique wasn't really much of an issue, whereas now. These, these kits are uh, highlighting if you've had a couple of mince pies or something, you know?
2: <laughs> I think there's certainly an element of that in what the players are wearing today. Like Adama Traore is definitely doing that for, for that effect, you know, and, and to kind of impose himself on it. I don't think what, in the 90s, the players wanted to look... It wasn't about that. It was nice. just about kind of football. It's so big business and serious and... Back then, it was just... There wasn't much difference between the kit room at Liverpool and the kit on your Sunday League team. It Mm. was just, I've ordered some kit, lads. You've all got size XL. I'm not messing around. Like, we're not having... I don't care what size you are. You all get XL.
0: Everyone. Everyone gets XL. uh, It'll fit everyone.
2: (laughs) It'll fit everyone. We're not messing about. We've got some big lads here. And, like, I got a good price on, uh, on, you know, on, on a bulk order. So... We're all in Excel, and that is that. And mm. I think um, it was. It's only really until maybe. I mean, there's a, there's a few exceptions um, to the rule, but in general, it, it's not really until kind of the late two thousands that players have a choice over their size, uh, which it just sounds totally ridiculous now. Mm. Um, but yeah, it, it was pretty much. Maybe until about 2002, it was just everyone got XL. 2002 onwards, they're kind of allowed, you're allowed a large, maybe. Um, and then maybe 2008, you can start wearing a medium. And then 2012, maybe some of the players are allowed a small.
1: Yeah, I, would have been, um, I would have been one of those players in you know, 08, thinking, because these shirts would be drowning me. I'm like, I'm, I'm like a stick. So it would have been like, <laughs> where's the XL one coming
2: out? <laughs> But if you, if you were to get Sean Wright Phillips' shirt Extra small, sorry. <laughs> but yeah. I, I, I wouldn't expect that Sean Wright Phillips has got a size S in his shirt collection. Yeah. That, that's just the kind of the way it's it was. It's true. If you first. think back
0: to Sean Wright Phillips in those early days, those shirts are drowning him, aren't they? They literally are. They're just basically not his size. You say rightly so, it's for cost effect. Uh, another question you probably get a lot, but I'm sure listeners would like to hear. what what What's the biggest ticket item that you've ever sold? What's the most... A valuable item that's ever gone through cfs the crown jewel
2: the crown jewel um i mean we've sold we have sold a shirt for five figures um and that <laughs> which is which is a lot i mean Staggering. it's it's kind of nothing in the scheme of things now though if you're talking about the value of shirts and you know with with the sad passing of uh, diego maradona you know, Steve Hodges got his shirt yeah, from does. the 1986 World Cup. And he's like, that. that's kind of been talked about as like $2 million now. Um, which is,
0: you know, that, I mean, that's, that is serious money. I if mean, that was Ian Wright shirt. You're not getting that back for him, are you? You're saying, sorry, oh. Ian. <laughs> sorry, sorry, Ian, that one can go. <laughs>
2: um, I mean, a shirt like Pele's shirt for the 1970 World, uh, World Cup, that, um, That sold at auction in about 2002 for 125 grand. Um, And I think Jeff Hurst or whoever owns Jeff Hurst's shirt from the 1966 World Cup, they were trying to get half a million for that a uh, a year or so ago. But I don't think anyone actually. I think it got 350 thousand, but it didn't meet the reserve. Um, So. Yeah, there's, there's serious money in that end of things. I mean, but the, the, we're talking their match worn shirts that, you know, an so. actual shirt someone wore in a game. Yeah. It, 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 these are these are really, they're antiques. They're, they're not, you know,
0: these are special pieces. are not replicas, are they? They're not their no, shirt.
2: If we're talking replicas, so something you could have walked into your local sports shop and bought this at the time, yeah. at the time for 40 quid. The one that's gone up the most is the Holland shirt from 1988. I think the last time we had that in stock, it sold for 750 quid. Wow, um, yeah. beautiful shirt. Yeah. Which is just, you know, that is, that's the one that's gone high, uh, the one well, the highest. There's others up there, you know, kind of from that 88, 90 kind of period, like um, what the West Germany away shirt from 1990, the green one from the semi final with England, Soviet Union from that type of time um they're the ones that, that like they're just the classic ass, but these great designs they're the ones that kind of go 500 plus now
1: you have to be careful with replicas though. my favorite replica i've ever bought i think was probably in about 96 97 on holiday in Ibifo with my family going to one of the shops at night one of those fake ones inter, yeah into 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 milan into milan and on the back it's got it's um pins P ints, but without the dot in the middle of the P in the eye. I. <laughs> I, I had pins on my back while I was walking around Ibiza.
2: <laughs> and then it's got it's got pins all around the collar, all around the cuffs. I, I love them. I mean, me and my brother were the same way. You just would spend hours looking at those sort of type of shirts. And I mean, like my kind of passion for football shirts is kind of maybe born out of the back of Match and Shoot magazine and Four Four Two. You know, just looking through those catalogues and things that came in in there just like dreaming about owning something that you know something exotic you know Mm -hmm. would you ever imagine ever getting your hands on a bocca junior shirt yeah yeah where are you going to get a bocca junior shirt from um yeah
1: yeah for i mean just to wrap up dougie i mean i just think what you're doing is incredibly inspiring really from where you started you know the stories the story is amazing and it's been great to listen to it today and i think that with the whole collector's item as well i mean on your bio on twitter it's the world's biggest football shirt collection you know and i think that collections inspire people and they keep people engaged with items don't they and people collect all sorts of things don't they and i think that's why that's why this has just become a, such a giant you know
2: um yeah definitely effort. i mean thank you very well oh, thank you very much uh, for that and i mean I'm a, I'm still a collector myself. You know, I can't help but...
0: Um, can't mm. help but keep... <laughs> keep people getting drunk, right? a new stock, taking out a favorite, and just <laughs> saying, we're not going to sell that one, I'm going to keep it's that still, one.
2: It's my favorite thing to do is to just open up the new deliveries and see what's coming in and, and, yeah, put things to one side. And I tend to put them to one side for six months and then go, okay, yeah, we'll let that one go now. Um, but, yeah, I mean, my dream is to own all of the shirts worn at Italia 90 which is a real ask when you think there's so many of them that you couldn't actually buy at the time. Um, It's one of them. I I love having kind of a, a pursuit like a you know, you've got that hunt, that element of just hunting for stuff, and mm. uh, and it's every and you, it and then it's like an impossible kind of quest. You know, you can't really get a South Korea away shirt from 1990, but like is isn't that's yeah. the fun of it, though, isn't that's it? That's the fun of it. That's what yeah. it's all about. Yeah, and I'm, I say that a couple of months ago, I managed to get Costa Rica goalkeeper shirt from 1990. So. <laughs> They do come around, but yeah, probably be about 60 maybe by the time. You'll find them. You'll find (laughs) them. Um, But yeah, there's some amazing collectors out there. You know, people who've been buying off us since 2006 and are still going. Uh, Probably the ultimate is a a guy from uh, Colombia called Gustavo who is trying to collect a shirt for every single football team in the world Um, and kind of going down to like, Tier six, and with how many teams kind of go out of business and reform, it's just like that is. I don't know yeah. how many shirts he's got. He must have twenty thousand
0: plus warehouse bigger than yours. That's yeah, than he, you but, he's on. getting there. He's getting there. But that's been an absolute pleasure, Doug, and a, and a nice little trip down memory lane for Andrew and I. So we really appreciate it. Yeah, pleasure.
2: All. Yeah, nice talking to you. Take care. Weekend. Take care.
0: See ya. That was a great chat. Great chat. Like I said, nostalgia and sort of memory lane. Go on, then I'll put you. I'll put you on the spot. Andrew, what was your favourite shirt or two growing up?
1: Poor. Um, well, it seems we've just done a pod with him. I should be on the ball, shouldn't I? <laughs> um, um, I don't know. There's a, there's a German shirt. I think it might be the one that Dougie was talking about, actually. A German shirt from the 90s. It might even be their 94 one um, with the sort of flame effect. Yeah. Um, that was that was pretty beautiful. Um, and then America had a really good one in that tournament as well, actually. Um and then obviously as an arsenal fan I've got to pick out some pick out some classic I, I mean I like the invincible away shirt because that I had my favorite player peer on the back of that one so I'll always have fond memories of that shirt as well really how about yourself
0: yeah a few stick out I think the um France 98 France shirt so the one they oh. went on to win the world Cup in yeah. well, is is an, an amazing classic and it goes for quite a bit of money obviously so I always look sort of thinking <laughs> if I'm tempted to get one but I can't Fair really favorite, justify yeah. it they were, France also had one a couple of years later, but the way shirt, the white one, but it was similar design to the ninety, yeah, which lovely. was just stunning shirt. I remember, yeah, I remember you tell, always liking that. I love that shirt, and but from an Arsenal perspective, um, Seaman goalkeeper, the stars and circle one, grey and black, um, you know, saving the penalty against Sandoria. Mm. What a what a goalkeeper shirt that is! Yeah, I that's love true, that one.
1: Actually, yeah,
0: I had that as a kid. And obviously, obviously, I grew it because I was six or, six or seven years old. Um, you know, but um, I would love to get that as an adult shirt as well because that's mm. that a fantastic shirt. Yeah, really yeah.
1: top I'd probably say my favourite one I've got currently at the moment is it's not particularly new at all, but I remember buying this from holiday a few years ago. You might remember, I don't know, actually. Um, but the Barca third kit, the black one. Yeah, um, with the you know the the Qatar Foundation one sponsor. Yeah,
0: nice. Like. No, I have to be honest. I I haven't bought an Arsenal. Sorry, I haven't bought an Ar- I haven't bought a football shirt. I bought loads of Arsenal shirts. I haven't bought a football shirt apart from Arsenal ones. Well, I, I was about to say. Ever, let, I was going to really?
1: I was going to mention this earlier, but let's have it right. I don't. I'm, I think you. I think you're quite. Um, you know, you're I'm very loyal. You're it. very loyal
0: with your.
2: Sure I'm,
0: I'm not gonna lie i was anti it growing up so lots of kids like, like you said you went on holiday and saw all these all these shirts i i've no, i'm gonna throw out there and i'm just thinking about it just to guarantee so i'm not lying to all the listeners but i don't think i've ever bought a football shirt that's not an arsenal one uh-huh. and i obviously like i said i've been tempted the france 98 one and primarily because those of Arsenal players are involved obviously yeah. and Fierre and Petit namely but like, I, I've been tempted and I liked other kits I've never actually done it but I do think it's like Dougie said once I started I think I'd get a collection which is dangerous
1: yeah and I think the longer it's gone on you would see it as a sin wouldn't you to do it now really like
0: well maybe but then equally now have, it would have to be memorabilia pieces as opposed to a uh, um, like sort of a current, I, w- I would never get another current shirt. I think that's really weird when people do that personally. You know, it's obviously not people just like collecting football shirts. But I you, think it's really weird. You've um, somehow scammed yourself onto this episode, like <laughs> yeah, pretending to classic football shirts that like, I agree with what they do, and really I'm like, no one should ever buy any football shirt that's not the team they support. No, mm. I'm joking. Like I said, when it's I can get it when it's like nostalgia retro stuff. I'd happily have a like the a, like a Newcastle, you know, the brown Newcastle ale, brown ale, one, like that classic mm. shirt, and I like, mm. just. Like, that'd be cool. I'd, I, could, I could own something like that. But I can't imagine buying another shirt now from another team, even if I really like the shirt because it's like, it's weird. Like, But, you know, that's just a personal thing. Personal Yeah. But, um, but no, great episode. Another one no. that, that goes down memory lane. And it's also really good to talk about the the football fashion and how that sort of reflects fashion and art of our times. Because yeah. as you rightly said, these players, particularly players like Cristiano Ronaldo, you look at their Instagram following. They are trendsetters now. They're icons ever more. They've always been icons, but ever more mm. so now with social media and the advent of that. And actually, now people look at that as as artists, not only on the pitch but off it as well. And people want to be yeah. them. They'll go and copy them. And so, yeah.
1: But also, I think I think that's why people like Jack Grealish get so much attention for doing a bit of a throwback with the socks because. It does, doesn't it?
0: It takes us back, doesn't it? To like the days, like, you know. With... I'm a huge Jack Grealish fan. He's doing some fantastic things the last year, playing some top stuff. But let's be honest, for the years before that, he was more known for, because of his socks. Well, people knew him because of his socks before he was to play, you know, and I think he's a top player, by the way. Oh, I was going to say
1: all the things to admire about Jack Grealish and no, none more so than the socks. The sock well, style yeah, before. exactly. Keep it going, Jack. Absolutely. Um, so we've um, had obviously we've we've grilled we've grilled Dougie and we've grilled each other, and now um, it's time for our Twitter followers to get involved and uh, tell us a little bit about their favourite kits over the years and and which ones which which are the uh, the fashion horrors maybe as well.
0: Yeah, that's another thing we could have asked Dougie actually. was the horror shows because there's been a load of horrible kits through the years as well. We could have asked him the worst kit ever. So um, listeners on Twitter or elsewhere, YouTube, Facebook, um, Instagram, we're on all of them by the way. If you didn't know, people, um, please please message in with your favourite kits and your worst kits because there's been and sharp yeah let's
1: look out for that tweet at hdo football your worst football kit of all time but for now guys thanks for listening it's been a pleasure and take care